Welcome to Vaginas, Vulvas, and Vibrators with Jordan Donnell. This is a safe place to learn about women's health and sexual wellness. I'm your host, Jordan Donnell, physician assistant, women's sexual health educator, and intimacy coach. On today's podcast, we are talking all about online dating and specifically online dating profiles. Do you know what makes a strong profile, what immediately turns people off, and how to start the conversation in the DMs? I am really excited for this conversation. As you guys know, I don't really use online profiles very much, but I definitely enjoy learning all about them. And I know a lot of you have questions on them. So really excited for today's episode. Before we get into today's episode, I want to tell you a little bit about my sexy box. Sexy box is a quarterly subscription box that all women need. It is filled with tools to help you explore and experiment and connect with yourself and or partner deeper. Each quarter, there is a new box full of my favorite surprises that have been handpicked by me. In your sexy box, there is always a toy plus at least two other products, whether they're foreplay products, bath and beauty products, or other types of intimacy enhancing products. This subscription box is a must have, and it's going to help you spice things up in the bedroom and maybe even try something a little bit different. If you are thinking, hmm, this sounds kind of interesting, then go to sexybox.jordandonnell.com to get yours today. This box is meant for all singles and couples. Doesn't matter. There is something for everyone in here. Hope you enjoy. Joining me today is Laura Huckey. She is a writer and marketer by day, but an online dating coach at heart. After going from being a total third wheel to getting triple booked for dates, she felt called to help other frustrated singles make a similar transformation. She knows writing about yourself online can be tough, so she specializes in helping her clients craft one-on-one dating profiles and irresistible messages. We all need this in our life. I am so happy to have found her through Instagram and I slid in her DMs and I cannot wait for her to share with us all of her tips. Laura, would you like to go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself and how you became an online dating coach? Absolutely. So it's kind of an organic story. I just over time became the one that all my friends came to for like dating and relationship advice. And it's funny because... I was like the latest bloomer of anyone in my friends group. And I think that's almost why I make a great great coach because a lot of people who come to me are kind of like, is there something wrong with me? Like, why can't I find somebody? And I felt like that for so much of my life. And then it was just over time, it really shifted for me. I guess there was like a year when I was about like 22 or 23, where all of a sudden I went from having no dates being like the perpetual third wheel to all of a sudden having dates like every single weekend. And I think that's why a lot of people are like, what are you doing? What is it <laughs> that you like flip the switch for you? And I was also like the first one of my friend group to even do online dating. I started online dating in 2008. I was like 20 at the time, 19. And everyone was like, oh my God, you're going to get kidnapped. Like you're going to get, it's going to be crazy. And I, I don't know. I've just always been someone that's formed internet relationships. I was really into live journal uh, back when that was like a big fad. If 
people even know what that is anymore. <laughs> but it was basically like the first social media, like one of the first social medias and blogs before MySpace, Facebook, all that stuff. And I got really into it. And I met these people from like all over the world. And some of them I'm still friends with today, you know, like 16 years later. And I just, I think because of that, like online dating always felt very natural to me where I was like, of course you can form relationships online. I've been doing that my entire life since I was like 14 or 15 years old. So it never really was scary to me. And I think that's another reason why it just felt like a natural fit. I'm also uh, in my nine to five, I'm a copywriter. So (laughs) that also is kind of that connection there of like marketing, copywriting, essentially an online dating profile is like an ad, right? You're advertising yourself to the market, (laughs) if you want to call it that. So I think a lot of my skills from my nine to five are also like highly transferable to online dating and putting together a dating profile. So I think it was just a combination of all those things where I was like, I love talking about this stuff. My friends asked me for advice. It's really in line with what I do on a day-to-day basis. So it's just like a fun way for me to use my skills. I love that. And you brought up something that we'll have to talk about at some point. And it's like safety with online dating. Because I think that is so important. And we might have to do another episode on that. But when it comes to creating a dating profile, which is something we're going to talk a lot about here today, what makes a dating profile strong? Yeah, I, this is definitely that like marketer advertiser side of me, but something you learn in copywriting is you're not really writing for you or the company you work for. You're writing for the consumer. And I think it's exactly the same with a dating profile. People always think, what should I say about myself? I don't know what's interesting about me. And it's like, it's not really about you. You should really be thinking about the person you want to attract And you should be writing things in your profile that would stand out to them. That would be talking points that they would want to message you about. It's not really about you. And I think when you think about it like that, it kind of demystifies it. And it makes it a lot easier because think about it. You know more about yourself than anyone else. It's overwhelming to just have this blank slate and be like, where do I start? I have like 500 characters to like sum myself up in. And I know every facet of myself. So like, where do I even begin? But when you switch it up and you go, all right, what do I want to talk to my ideal person about? What would they, what would I like them to like about me? That really narrows down and helps you focus and figure out like what's most important to put in that little space. I love that because you really are trying to attract somebody else in putting some like particular things to help attract what you want. I'm going to share with you my Bumble profile here in a minute, but I can tell you mine does not attract a husband at all. But for me, like the whole point of Bumble is more hookup culture than attracting a husband. But that's so interesting. What are some of the biggest dating profile mistakes you've seen? Yeah, I think for me, uh, the biggest mistake that I see is just being like super, super generic. I know just as a girl in the dating apps, like 70% of the profiles I swipe on look exactly the same. It's like the same types of pictures, the same types of sentences, comments, answers to prompts. Even when people think they're being like clever, it's like, I can't tell you the number of times it's like pineapple does go on pizza. It's That's not clever anymore. Everybody says that. So it's, I don't know. I would just say, don't be afraid to be specific. I always tell people like you want to, it's kind of like go back to English class in high school, right? Show, don't tell. I see so many profiles that just spit out a bunch of adjectives. Oh, I'm laid back. I like the outdoors. And it's like, yeah, everybody really likes that stuff. 
get a little more specific. If you like the outdoors, talk about what you like doing outdoors. So that way that when someone's reading your profile, they can picture like doing that activity with you. So if it's like kayaking, be like, I spend my weekends kayaking on this lake. It gives them an idea of what being with you might be like. They can picture doing that with you versus if you just say you like the outdoors, that could be anything and it's not specific. So I would say get specific is probably like number one tip. The thing that I see people get wrong, they're just way too generic. Yeah. When I look at dating profiles, for me personally, I don't use the apps very often. But when I'm traveling and new to areas, it is something that I use to help just meet people. And at first glance, all you get is a picture on the apps. And I was talking to a guy I recently was dating about this, and he was making a comment about how for men in particular what their profile needs to look like. They have to have a nice picture. They need to have an adventurous picture. And so I know for me, like they get one picture. If that first picture isn't good, I move on. I don't even read the description. Wow. You're tough. See, I maybe because I'm a writer, I really don't care about someone's pictures as much as they're writing. If you don't fill out your profile, you are automatically swiped left for me. If your profile is blank, I have nothing to go on. I will not swipe right on you. So for me, profile is most important, but I agree with you. I think most people, it's like if that first picture doesn't really spark something, it's usually a pass. And I would say another good mistake, or I don't say good mistake, but like common mistake that people make is definitely pictures like where they wear sunglasses and hats and things like that, where or they're in shadow, bad lighting. You really, like you said, you get one chance to make a first impression. So your first picture that pops up should be a really nice photo that very clearly shows what you look like because I know women especially are very like worried about safety as we talked about a little earlier where it's if you get any inkling that that person is not being true about what they look like, I think that's another thing that makes a lot of girls swipe left. It's like, hmm, this guy's posting pictures of his face in shadow or with sunglasses on. Like, Why does he not want to show what he looks like? Not only does it maybe raise red flags about safety, but it also seems like you're not confident. If you don't put a picture that very clearly shows what you look like, it really gives off the impression that you don't think you're attractive. And whether you're attractive or not, it's totally subjective, right? Like Everybody has different types. Some people like blonde hair. Some people like brown hair, whatever. So what you deem not attractive might actually be attractive to lots of girls. So it's better to just kind of like stand tall, show yourself off proudly and project that confidence because really above any physical attribute, the thing that's most attractive to most people is confidence. That is so true. And you can see that in a picture very easily. Okay. So I got to share with you my dating profile. So my girlfriend made this for me. Oh, probably like six, seven years ago. And I just left it because I thought it was great. So five, four loves to laugh and be better than you loves clubbing, exploring and short hikes to the bar. I look great at the beach on a yacht, taking tequila shots, physician assisting my ass off to help you help yourself. Serious inquiries only let's party. Got kids swipe left. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, I would, I could totally see the type of person that that would attract. (laughs) Definitely more on the hookup side. Yeah, definitely more on the hookup side of things. (laughs) Yeah, I should probably change it. (laughs) Yeah, it depends on what you're looking for, right? Hey, nothing wrong with looking for hookups if that's where you're at in your life. And you know, I think that's another thing to keep in mind when you're making your profile, right? You want to think about the type of relationship that you want. And there's nothing wrong with wanting a hookup. But if you want that, you should be honest about it, which you are. So I do applaud that. I think that you're upfront. You're very like, hey, this is what I'm looking for. This is what I'm about. You know, 
no questions really. Like, I'm not going to leave anything to questions. Yes. So when it comes to dating apps in particular, I noticed that men seem to swipe right on everybody. Is that actually true? And how do you avoid that if that is the case? Yeah, I don't have numbers. So I think probably you don't, you'd only really know if you had an in at like OkCupid and Match.com and you could get that, the statistics. So I really don't know. I do know I have talked to a lot of guy friends, ex-boyfriends, whatever. And I know that a lot of times they do kind of swipe right on a lot of people only because they're kind of expected to make the move, right? So it's it ups their chances. And I think also in, in sorry, I'm like going in circles here. Also, it's sites like Tinder, um, where you can't send a message until you get a match. It's kind of like, all right, I'll just swipe right on everybody and see who actually matches with me. Then I'll decide who to message. So I do think, yeah, there are a lot of guys who do that. Um, and I think it's because, like I said, they're expected to put more effort in in terms of uh, messaging. So I think it's kind of in their mind, like, I don't want to put so much effort in up front before the message even comes because I'm already going to have to put so much effort in on the message that may or may not even get a response. So I think that's kind of where that mindset comes from. I don't like to generalize, though. So I'm sure there are actually tons of guys who do read profiles, like just like I do. I mean, People are always like, girls never message. I do message. <laughs> I mean, I'm dating someone now, but when I was on the apps, like... I did send messages to guys and I think that's the right way to do it, right? If you're swiping and someone's interesting to you, send them a message, whether you're a girl or a guy, it doesn't matter and put some effort in. If you want effort in return, you need to put effort in. So I don't know. That's kind of where I fall on it. I do think there are guys who put an effort in who actually do take their time and go through profiles and swipe left or swipe right accordingly, according to what they like and dislike. But I also know there is a large number of guys who just swipe right on everybody and wait to see who they end up matching with. So you brought up messaging. And I know a lot of women struggle with what to say when it comes to messaging, especially on like Bumble when women have to be the first one to make the move. What advice do you have for how to start that conversation? I think... The number one piece of advice is comment on something on their profile. I know that's hard sometimes because sometimes the profile is blank. I think if the profile is blank, ask yourself, what made you swipe right on this person? I mean, was it just that they were hot? <laughs> I mean, if you liked their photos, find something in one of their photos to comment on. Like if you are in the same area, maybe you recognize the bar they're at and be like, oh, hey, I love that bar too. Like, do you go there a lot? Something that shows them you actually paid attention to what was in their profile and there's something about them that was interesting to you. I think that's the best way you can open a conversation because everybody likes to be like, everybody likes attention or everybody likes someone to notice them. You know, even if you're somebody who doesn't like the spotlight, it's still nice to think like, oh, this person, like something about me stood out to them. So I think anytime you can play on that is really good. I mean, I wouldn't like do too much flattery or anything because that can kind of seem like fake if you're like, oh, you're like the most beautiful person I've ever seen. It's like, all right, uh, you know, I don't know about that. But <laughs> I think, yeah, commenting on something in the profile is good because they probably wouldn't have put it in their profile if it wasn't something they were interested in. So it's like they're going to be more likely to respond and have something to say if you pick a topic of something that they're passionate about versus, you know, the, hey, how are you messages where's that really going to go? You know, you don't know the person. It's kind of awkward. They're not going to go into a long story about what their day's like, you know, because they don't know you. So I think it's much better to just pick one thing, do a short but sweet message, but pick one thing in their profile that you think they might have something to say. Like they can start a conversation with you, a band that you guys both like, a movie you both like, 
a place you both like in your hometown, a type of food, whatever. Just riff on something that is in their pictures or their profile that you think you can make conversation around and you have that common ground to build off of. I think that's great advice. And that's usually what I try to do. And when I talk to other women or my girlfriends in particular about dating apps, that's exactly what I tell them too. Because the hey is so that's so boring. That's not going to start a conversation. Like nobody's really interested in a, Hey, what's up? What you doing? Yeah. (laughs) It also just seems lazy, right? I mean, like I said, people, when you're in a relationship, you need to put an effort to make a relationship work. So if from the get go, somebody's not going to put in any effort, I'm already going, they don't seem like they're going to be a very good partner. Like they can't come up with anything, especially with someone like me, where I filled out my profile. I answered all the prompts. I put pictures. There's plenty you could make conversation with me about. So if you're so lazy that all you say is, hey, I'm like, nah, there's other interesting people that I think I'm going to vibe with a lot better. And like immediately I write that person off. Yeah. And the other thing that I've kind of heard about when it comes to conversations is that there's a lot of fatigue in starting conversations because you have to think of something unique for every single person. Any advice on that? Yes, I guess I I know it's not the sexiest comparison, but I always say think of it like job hunting. It's a means to an end. I know it sucks, but you don't send the same cover letter and resume to every single job. It's a grind and you're, you, you are supposed to tailor it to the job you're applying for. And dating is the same way. And I mean, like I said, it's not sexy. Everybody wants to think they're going to have their meet cute. They're going to like bump into someone on the street. They're going to like, you know, extend a hand and it's going to be Prince Charming or whatever like they see in the movies. But the fact of the matter is like it usually takes work to find a good relationship. And actually, if you put in good work before the relationship, you're probably going to have a more successful relationship because you actually thought about what you wanted, you dated with intent, and you're probably going to find a higher quality partner than just somebody random. You know, Not to say that like random meet-cutes don't work. So I'm sure they do. But I think it was like 2019 where actually more than 50% of relationships now as of 2019 start online. And it's cool because... Before the internet and online dating, you really couldn't meet anybody that you didn't work with or weren't, wasn't a family friend or didn't live in your neighborhood. There was no access to people in other areas where now, you know, before if you couldn't find a match, it was kind of like, what do I do? But now it's like literally the world is your oyster, you know, <laughs> especially with COVID. It's, you can take off all your location requirements, parameters on your apps and you can chat with people anywhere. I did that during COVID. I was kind of like, I mean, six of one half dozen of another, right? Whether I'm in Florida or wherever, I can't see people. So I'm just going to chat with people all over and just see what happens. And I talked to some really interesting people like all over the world, Brazil and England. And oh my gosh, I don't even know, all over the place. It was so cool. And so yeah, I don't know. I always encourage people to expand their location parameters on their dating apps if they're having trouble finding people because I think that's the greatest thing about the internet, right? It's just, it connects everybody. It gives you so many more options. That's a double-edged sword because sometimes when you have two options, too many options, it's hard to make a decision. So I do tell people to limit their time on dating apps because I think there is a fatigue that comes with swiping for too long or sending messages and not getting responses. So it's actually better to be consistent and show up every day, but not for too long. Just say 15 minutes a day every morning, just get up, swipe on the app, send a message or two, and then close it. And don't think about it again and don't worry about it. But show up consistently because putting in effort is going to get you better results than that laziness of, oh, I don't want to read a profile. I don't want to say something more than, hey, it's like, do you really want a relationship? How important is it to you? I think that's so important that you 
know what your intentions are behind trying online dating. And right, whether it's hookup culture, whether it's intending for an actual partner, know what you're looking for so that you can attract that based on your profile. I think that's beautiful. So speaking of hookup culture, how do you avoid that if you are looking for a legitimate relationship? I know that everybody has different answers to this question and different opinions. I really think be straightforward. If there is something on the app that says like what you're looking for, for instance, I know OkCupid has that where you can say like looking for a hookup, looking for short-term, long-term dating, be honest and put what you're looking for the way that you did in your profile. You said it straight up like I'm looking for a good time, not looking for something serious, you know, but I think there's a lot of fear where people are like, oh, if I say I'm looking for a relationship, I'm going to scare people off. And I'm like, you're only going to scare off people that aren't looking for a relationship. So they're not the right person for you anyway. So I think it's better to be upfront. If there's a place to say it like gracefully in your profile, go for it. If there isn't and you want to back into it, that's fine. But don't be afraid in your text conversation with the person or even your first date to kind of say, what is it that you're looking for? You know, are you looking for something a little more serious or are you here just to have fun? I just want to make sure we're on the same page. And I think if you say it that way, People will appreciate it, right? Because nobody wants to be in that awkward position to have to reject somebody or, you know, freak out because somebody wants more than the other person. So it's better to have that conversation sooner rather than later and just be upfront. And most people appreciate people who are honest and straightforward. Yeah, they really do. Most of my situationships that I end up in, I am honest, but the other, the recipient, the other partner is not honest necessarily. And that always gets, gets us into trouble every time. So I wanted to talk about like first date ideas, especially with like dating safety and how long should you have a conversation with somebody before you decide to go on a date? Like how do, how do you progress? Yeah, that is a great question. And I think this is something so many people get wrong because even me, when I try to try to um, accelerate the pace of things, there's so many guys that I end up talking to on the apps where they'll message me daily for like two weeks. I'm going, are you ever going to ask me out on a date? And then it just kind of like falls off and I start getting frustrated and or it's, I'll try to like put something out like a feeler to be like, are we going to hang out like anytime soon? And it's, I don't know. I just feel like that happens a lot. I hear about that happening with a lot of people where it's like they have these like week or two conversations and the date never happens. And that's a really bad pattern to fall into. And I think, I don't know if that comes from like, maybe sometimes guys are worried that women don't feel safe. I'm not sure where that's coming from. Maybe it also has to do with the options. There's too many and they can't decide who to take on on a date because they're talking to 15 women. I don't exactly know where it comes from. I think that's probably research that will emerge in the next couple of years now that online dating is like so much more prevalent. But I think the best timeline, in my opinion, is exchange a few messages on the app. Make sure, okay, you have a good banter going. You seem like you have some common interests. Exchange phone numbers. Text maybe for another day. Then make a plan to have a date that week. You know, if it's if you're texting over the weekend, okay, maybe the following weekend or one weeknight the next week. Because I do actually think it's kind of rude to ask someone out for that day or the next day. It kind of, to me, signals you think that I'm not in demand because <laughs> I'm just sitting around and I don't have plans on the weekend. And also, I don't know. It's like it kind of also shows the same thing about you, right? I'm like, it's Friday night and you're asking me out like an hour or two before like you'd go to the bar. Like, 
why are you sitting around? Like, were you just swiping the app looking for a hookup? That's the signal it sends to me. And I don't know, again, this, if you're a more spontaneous person, maybe you don't make plans. I'm, I guess, more of a planner. But I prefer if a guy's going to ask me out, you should ask me out for the weekend by like Wednesday or Thursday, Thursday at the latest. I don't want to hear from you on Friday afternoon that you want to hang out that night. Like that just to me seems very rude. So I guess that's a little pro tip there. If you want to like seem like you have a good game, ask somebody out on Wednesday for the weekend. It's like that's the most respectful, I think, way to go about it and show that you're interested and like you're already picturing the weekend and you want them to be part of your weekend plans. It comes across really nice. So if you ask them out, so if you're talking to them for a day or two and it's like midweek, ask them out for the weekend and see them that first week that you started talking. If you started talking to them on a weekend, ask them out maybe like Thursday night the following week or maybe the following weekend if you're busy during the week, you guys have busy work schedules, whatever. But I would say like within one week, if you're having a good vibe, get on that first date because you really don't know what the vibe is truly going to be like until you're in person. There is always something different to being in person. I know it's tough with COVID. Like that kind of throws a wrench in things. I, when COVID first started, I solely like virtually dated. And I know for instance, I met this guy, we had like four virtual dates and it was amazing. But when we were in person, when we finally did get together in person, because we both lived alone and we were both working from home. So we got to a point where, okay, it feels safe to me. Like we're not introduced to anybody else. There was no vaccines yet or anything like that. But we were like, okay, we've both like quarantined. We haven't seen anybody else. It feels safe to get together. And there was something different about it once we were in person. And that's happened to me a few times with people that I've met online and then we get together in person and it's not quite that same feeling that we had when we were chatting or when we had a, a Zoom call or whatever. So I would definitely urge people like you really – nothing replaces that like in-person chemistry. So better to get your answers sooner rather than like drag on this conversation for weeks on end and you know get like false hope or whatever – so that would be my thing that I think a lot of people get wrong is they just they drag on the texting for too long. I think even women don't be shy to see something like, hey, what are your, what's your weekend looking like? And that kind of, I think, signals to the guy like they're thinking about hanging out with you this weekend. Now you have an in. The door is open. Make some plans. So I think it's just important for both people to be straightforward, not to let things drag on too long. And like I said, either gender can really make the move. I think if you don't want to straight up ask, at least just make a comment like that, that kind of opens the door. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Interestingly enough, I'm, I mostly meet men in person. That's just kind of what I've done. I have an active lifestyle. I meet a lot of people out. And the last person I dated, we went on a date the same day that I met him. Just It just worked out that way. Because I'm actually a planner. I don't do spontaneous stuff. Like I have my morning routine. I don't want it to be messed up. I have my evening routine. And if there's going to be an altercation in my routine, then I need to plan for that. So yeah, that, I think that's some really good advice on how to do it. And you also brought up like women making the first move and kind of opening that door up. And I think that a lot of men appreciate that when a woman is letting them know, giving them the cue, go ahead and say something. Go ahead. Go ahead and invite me. Yeah, absolutely. Because I will say, I think guys get frustrated. They're like, there's so much pressure. And it's true. I think it's important for women to put themselves in the guy's shoes and say, and I, I, it's, I don't really want to only talk about it like this because of course, like they're also had homosexual couples and things like that. So of course there's different dynamics at play. But if we're talking about strictly heterosexual, I think there's so much pressure on the guy 
to make the first move. And I, I think it's important for the ladies to think like, how would you feel <laughs> if like you had to always make the first move and you had to do this and you had to do that? And I think it's I think that's why it's nice for a woman to make a comment like that that kind of is like a primer of like, hey, just so you know, I'm feeling this too. You know, and like I said, it doesn't have to be so straightforward, but just say something and not everyone's the best picking up on hints. So it may or may not actually get through to the person. But I think anything you can do to validate the direction things are going in is good because it does take a lot on someone's self-esteem to put themselves out there and ask someone on a date with fear of being rejected. So it's really nice to make overtures like that, that kind of show like, hey, this is safe. You can ask me out. I'm feeling this, you know, that way it's not so much pressure because it is pretty high pressure to be in that role in the relationship. Yeah, it is. And it's a little validation and we all love validation. Now, first date ideas. What are like your go-to first date ideas? Yeah, this is going to sound boring, I guess. I don't have some super cool answer to this. I honestly think the best first date is like coffee or drinks. I would say if you do a bar and drinks, be careful. Don't go crazy and have too many drinks because you do want to make sure that you're in your right mindset and are making intelligent decisions because you don't know this person, especially if you met on a dating app. So I would say drinks is good, but with the caveat of limit yourself to two or three drinks, depending on what your limits are. I think the most important thing with a first date that I would say in terms of what you're going to pick is like, Something where you can talk, like movie, no good. You can't get to know the person. I think most people know that. But anything else like that, like a concert, even if you both like music, not really a great first date because you can't really talk. If you're going to do the concert and you're going to have dinner after and like talk about the concert, yeah, that, that's okay. you know. But I would say don't do just like one activity where you can't really talk a lot because you're not really going to get a good read on if you like that person. Now, on the flip side of that, if you do something like drinks or – coffee, things like that. I like it because it's a shorter timeline than say dinner. Because if you go and you're not feeling the person, you can like have the drink and hightail it out of there. Versus if you're at dinner and you get drinks and an appetizer and you're not feeling that person, now you're stuck there for another hour while you order the food and get dessert, whatever. So I think drinks is like the lowest pressure, shortest timeline where you can get a feel for someone. And then especially with something like drinks, if it's like happy hour, five to seven or whatever, if you're feeling it, you can stay for dinner and you can have dinner with that person. But, you know, or same thing, like if it's like afternoon drinks, it's okay, we had some coffee. Oh, it's getting to be dinner time. Like I'm really enjoying talking to you. Do you want to grab dinner together if you want to extend the date? Now, I would say I personally like a short first date. I think it kind of leaves a little mystery. It leaves the person wanting more. Sometimes I think if you spend like too many hours together on that first date, like something about that reads desperation to me. I don't know if like (laughs) I'm like projecting that or something. I mean, I don't know if everybody picks up on it that way, but I would say like a good first date, I think is like two hours or less. That would be like my, like somewhere between an hour and two hours, I think is like the sweet spot. And that's why I think drinks or coffee is the best. But like I said, if you're really feeling it, if you hit it off or something like that also is great because you can stay for dinner if you want to. Yeah. Some of my my favorite first date ideas, I like activities. And so I'm definitely like a let's go on a hike, which is not a good idea for somebody you don't know um, in the woods. I will definitely preface it with that. Don't encourage that, but I definitely do that. Or go ice skating or go to some sort of like popular walking place. That's a lot more safe option than hiking in the woods. But (laughs) those are, I like activities because I'm not a big drinker. 
I do like the coffee idea, but I don't like to do things based around food and drinking because I have diet restrictions. I don't drink very much. Like, so it makes it really tricky to find good ideas and then to explain to somebody else like, oh, by the way, I don't want to do anything that you would normally do. Do something extravagant that's actually probably free and that would be more meaningful for me. But yeah, dating is difficult. Yeah, that's a great point. I wasn't even thinking about diet restrictions, but I know I actually have a background with that too. I had uh, my gallbladder removed when I was in high school and I was on a restricted diet for like a year. And I totally uh, empathize with that because I remember how frustrating it was going out with friends. And I mean, when you're a teenager, what do kids eat? They go out for ice cream, they go out for pizza, burgers, milkshakes, whatever. I couldn't eat any of that stuff. And every time I was out with people who didn't know me and they didn't know what was going on in my life, they'd be like, oh, you want some of my fries? You want some of this? And I always had to be like, no, no. Then people would, would start making jokes. What are you, anorexic? Or what are you? And I'm like, dude, it gets, it actually is a lot. It's very frustrating to have to constantly explain yourself, even if it's something like if it's not even obviously like an eating disorder is like a very heavy thing. This is just a weird thing that happened in my life. I got gallstones and I had to get my gallbladder out. But regardless of what it is, whether it's anything related to that, it's still it feels like people are prying into your business. And it's also just it's already something that you're struggling with. So then you have to talk about it and explain yourself constantly is so tiring. So I totally get that. And I think some of the ideas you brought up are great. Like I love ice skating personally. (laughs) So big fan of that one. And you can talk if you're if you guys are both fairly good skaters, you can talk. So that's good. I think indoor rock gyms are also really great. Um, Like that's a really fun one that I would love to do personally for a first date. Again, if you're scared of heights, maybe not. But I would say on that same track, I would say don't go bowling because if it's just the two of you, then it's you're constantly one person's up and one person's sitting down and you're not going to maintain a good conversation. Other than that, like mini golfing is maybe a cute one that can have some of the same issues as bowling. But since the holes are pretty small, you can usually maintain a conversation. So maybe like an arcade would be fun too. Yeah. The last guy I dated, that's actually one of the places he took me was an arcade and it was chill. It was nice. It was perfect. Honestly. Now, as far as first date safety, do you have any tips or advice? Yeah. So I know this is like the bare minimum. Everyone knows this, but do not go to that person's house. Do not give them your address to have them pick you up. I have had guys that, and I will say I've been lucky and nothing's happened, And but I, I have regretted it later. <laughs> There's been one or two guys that has been like, I'm a gentleman. I insist. I really want to pick you up. And I'm like, I'll meet you outside my gate. You're not coming to my building. (laughs) But even so, even though I lived in a gated community, they couldn't get in without dialing. They didn't know the code. Like even doing that, like going to the front gate, there was something about it where I'm like, I don't have power. I'm in this person's car. They could take me wherever they want. That feels unsafe and already just kind of put the date in a bad, for me, like a bad headspace. So, and like I said, none of these people did anything to me. It was fine. But but even so, I would still strongly, strongly suggest no matter what. And like I said, well, that happened when I was younger. And I would say now I would never do that. During COVID, I did with one guy. We had a first date at my house. And that, that's the guy I mentioned earlier. We had four virtual dates. We talked for like hours and hours. And it was COVID at the beginning. Nothing was open. And I was kind of like, I feel like I've talked to you long enough, like on video to know you are who you say you are. But even then I will tell you, I was like freaking out the entire day going, I hope I didn't make a mistake. He sent me a picture of his license. He said, send it to all my friends. <laughs> he was like, even text your friends while I'm there. Like he was, a, and he was who he said he was and it was fine. But 
I will say, even with all of that, I didn't feel safe. So I think your safety is more important than anything. And like those two experiences for me taught me that like, when you're doing online eating, especially as a single, I'm five feet, I'm five foot one. So I'm very small. So for me, I'm like, I just feel like a target. I cannot defend myself. So I'm like, I would rather feel safe. It's always better to meet in a public place. Even if the guy's insisting, I want to be a gentleman. I want to pick you up, say, hey, for this first date, I would really prefer it if we met in a public place. And if anyone has a problem with that, that's a huge red flag. And you should not go out with that person. Really? Yes. That's exactly what I was going to say is anybody respectable is going to respect your safety first and be okay with that. I, what I do and what my girlfriends do, they have their location services on, especially when they go on dates. Like I'll get a text from a girlfriend that's like, Hey, I'm going on a date. Here's my location services. This is the name of the dude on the app. So if there's ever any issues, and then she always texts me when she gets home. And some of my other girlfriends, we just always have the know where you are, the location finding on each other. But I think that's also a really helpful tool. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like I'm not that high tech funny enough, even though I'm like a dating, an online dating coach and I love dating apps. Yeah, I've never used location services, but I know that is a thing. And I definitely would recommend people do that. I think that's a great, I definitely am somebody who like, I will text my friends and be like, just so you know, I'm going on an online date. Like same kind of thing. Here's the information. I'm going to check in with you guys later. (laughs) Make sure, you know, if you don't hear from me, reach out. But yeah, I think trusting your intuition is also a big thing. Like I think not that many people think about that, but it's if you get a gut feeling about somebody, listen to it. You know, I, if someone is giving you the heebie-jeebies for whatever reason, there is a reason. You might not be able to pinpoint what that is, but listen to yourself. Like you have an instinct for a reason. And if someone's giving you a bad vibe, don't fool around, get out of there or decline the date or whatever, wherever you are in that, you know, timeline of talking to them. But just listen to yourself. It's really important. At the end of the day, like probably the right person for you is not going to make you feel that way. So it's better to just say, I'm not going to put myself in a situation that could be dangerous just to see if this person might be my person. There are millions, billions of people out there. Don't fool around. If you get a bad feeling, listen to yourself. I think that's the best advice to listen to your intuition. And I know a lot of women in particular have been taught to suppress their intuition. And I know that's something I'm working on listening to my body a lot more. And it's it's real. Like it knows, it knows everything. Yeah. It like, reminds me of like dogs when they're like, Oh, if someone comes to your house and your dog like growls at them, you know, there's something wrong. I think human beings are like that too. And if you are really tapped into yourself and like your emotional and physical responses, like you do the same thing, like watch yourself and what you're doing. If someone's talking to you and you're like leaning back, you're backing away. That's a signal that something about them is like off-putting to your, you're backing up. You're trying to get away from them. Like people don't even realize they're doing these things because a lot of it is like unconscious, subconscious action. But I think it's very important to be completely aware of yourself and continually check in of like, how am I feeling? You know, you don't have to ask it out loud, but ask yourself in your head through the date, how am I feeling? Because I think too many people get caught up on being nervous and wanting the other person to like them. But really, you should be asking yourself, do you like that person you're on the date with? That's actually the most important thing that needs to get answered because whether they like you or not, it doesn't matter if you don't like them, if you don't feel comfortable with them. So I think it's really important throughout the night to ask yourself, like, how am I feeling? How do I feel about this person? Am I having a good time? 
ask yourself those questions in your head. And if you're saying, I feel uneasy, I don't feel good, leave and don't feel any guilt about leaving, you know? I love that. I feel like you could have not said anything more perfect at all. (laughs) If the listeners, like this conversation has been wonderful. If the listeners take anything away from today's conversation, what would you want it to be? I think the number one thing I hear from people is that they're discouraged. I think people are like, I've been swiping for forever. I can't find my person. Is there something wrong with me? You know, I mentioned that a little bit earlier. That's the headspace of a lot of people that I talk to. I think it's really important to just realize that if it was easy to find a person, like your person, everybody would have a significant other. There would be like no one dating. You, Everyone like would get that person on their first date. It's really hard. And I, I think the best way to stay motivated, something that I always tell myself is like all of these great things that we have in life. Say like, for instance, the iPhone. It wasn't made on the first try. It wasn't even made on the 10th try. It took like hundreds of iterations to get to the point that it's at now. And even then, it's constantly improving. I think Apple filed for bankruptcy like several times before it became the company that it is today. So I think like when you think of things like that, it's like, yeah, of course you're not going to find someone on like the first try. You're probably not even going to find them on the fifth try. But if you take yourself out, if you're like, oh, I'm discouraged, I give up, I'm not doing this, like your chances are zero. <laughs> you're definitely not going to find that person, right? And, and like, I, like I said, think about all those amazing inventions in the world. If the inventors of all those things were like frustrated and they got to like the hundredth iteration and they were like, I'm never going to do this, I give up. We wouldn't have all these great things that we have. They kept going. And that's the thing that like I think people forget is you might have just had like your 50th bad date, but that 51st date could be the person you marry and are with for the rest of your life. But you won't know if you don't go. That's beautiful. That's so beautiful. (laughs) Thank you. Well, Laura, where can the listeners find you at? I would say the best place to connect with me is definitely on Instagram. My handle is at kissedanddismissed. And I also have a website, kissedandismiss.com. Um, my email is there as well if you want to send me a message or you can just like slide into my DMs on Instagram. But I love connecting with people. If you have any dating questions, feel free to reach out. I was on a little bit of a hiatus because I was moving and traveling, but I will be getting back into regular posting. I'm not sure when the episode's going to go up, so I might already be doing that. But if not, I promise to be back soon. But I love connecting with followers, so feel free to send me a message. I love that. And I'm pretty sure that's how I found you. I slid in your DMs. <laughs> yep, that's right. I love DM sliding. I need a whole episode on how to slide in the DMs. But. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Laura. Yeah, thank you. It's such a pleasure to connect with you. This episode is sponsored by Pure Romance by Jordan Jones, offering top bath and beauty products and relationship enhancement items. Check out the link in the bio to start shopping today. By shopping, you are supporting this podcast. Thank you for joining today and continuing to bring awareness to women's health. If you love the show, please subscribe so you never miss another episode and leave a review for others to see. If you want to see me on the daily, you can check out my bio for links to all my pages. Be sure to share this episode with your girlfriends. Thanks again and see you next episode.